I started off on Google, you know, because that was all I knew. I mean, I started off on Google. Then I started buying um, television industry guides. I started buying those. And, you know, they, I mean, they come with thousands of companies in there. Then I started to, you know, just cold email and cold connect with people on LinkedIn. Yo, what's good? This is Clint, your host on the Music Is My Business podcast, the podcast where you can gain insight and learn proven strategies to build and monetize your music career. If you want your questions answered live, join me on YouTube at Clint Music on Wednesdays at 12 p.m. Eastern time, and let's chop it up. Now let's dig into this week's episode. Big homie Kev, introduce yourself, let the people know who you are, and then we'll go to LR, man. All right, I'm, I'm big homie Kev, you know, uh, been producing for a long time. One of those producers that started off thinking my music was ready, and I found out that my music wasn't as ready as I thought. Went through uh, this, that, that, this, and, you know, um, now I'm actually getting my music placed and not really even sending a whole bunch of music off. Helped thousands of producers uh, create um, income, putting their music on television, and, you know, just in a great space right now mentally. Uh, music doing great, and uh, man, it's great. I'm glad to be here, man. That's what's up, man. Thank you for for coming on, um, LR, man. Let the people know who you are and what you do. What's going on is LR, LR Beats eighty nine. Um, yeah, I'm just you know pr- pretty much like, um piggyback off Kev, you know, music producer for TV. You know, thinking my music was ready too at one point, and you know I had to get you know got a couple no's. Then, you know, I had to, you know, go back to the lab and recreate and, you know, reformat everything. And, you know, I just got in a lane. Uh, kudos to you, Clint and Kev, for, you know, definitely, you know, teaching the producers in the community how to do it. And uh, like I said, I just caught a lane, caught a stride. And I've been in the game for about four years, TV game for about four years now. And have my music on almost every show that's pretty much out pretty much. So. Yeah. Uh, kudos to you guys and thanks for having me on. Indeed, man. Thanks for uh man, thanks for being on and thank man, you you're one of the you're one of the producers who take the information and run with it, bro. Like I mean I think I had like one conversation with you, like and it was a wrap, yeah. you know what I mean? Like um and that's that's key, man, like implementation. Like people can give you information all day, but it's like unless you do something with it, it's pointless. Um so man, so you mentioned something about hearing those and for the people in the chat man make sure y'all drop your y'all's questions in the chat too like we're not just gonna talk we'll answer questions as well so if you guys have questions drop those but um you talked about hearing no and and i know all three of us have have heard plenty of no's before in the industry and on the sink side what was it that you know how did you take the no and then turn it around and turn it into a yes and then ultimately a placement and ultimately some royalty checks like what was that what was that process like for you like did it discourage you did it motivate you what did that look like i guess we'll start with kev um honestly man i mean you know of course it always you know frustrates us you know nobody really likes to be told no but it's a decision like when you make a decision to go forward and make this happen for real mm-hmm. you have to listen to that no and do exactly what you're told behind that no a lot of people hear that no and say no i got it i got it i don't need to okay well and then five years later they're still in the same place because they didn't do what they were supposed to do behind that no people don't understand 
music doesn't get placed. Professional licensable music gets placed. And if you're getting told no, there has to be a reason. So, I mean, of course it was frustrating, but I mean, you know, after you fix your music, do everything that you have to do, those placements will come. Yeah. Yep. I agree 100%. What about you, Eloy? Yeah, uh, that's a fact. Um, you, once you fix it, the places will come. But for me, um, I had to just realize not to take things personal. I think um, in the production community, producers might take things personal when they tell them your music is not ready. You know, So when they was told to me, you know, I just had to look in the mirror and say, well, this person says it's not ready. Well, I'm gonna, I'm going to get it ready, whatever I got to do, you know. So yeah, that kind of motivated me to go harder and go stronger than those to to turn them into yeses. So I took that approach as, you know, I'm not going to take it personal. I'm just going to work harder, work smarter, work stronger. And the same person that's saying no eventually will say yes. That was my approach. And, you know, that's how things kind of happened for me. Yeah. That's what's up, man. Yeah, because I, I feel like a lot of times the no isn't like we don't like your music. It's just like, yo, some things need to change. You have to ask those questions like, OK, what what was it about it that didn't make it work? So I can go back, change those things and make it work. And, you know, both of you guys know, like once you figure that out, once you figure the, the structure out and, and the elements that they want and the sound selection and all that, you you have the formula at that point And all you have to do is replicate it. Um so it gets it definitely gets easier um it definitely gets easier joshua bonnet says how many no's do you guys think you got before you got your first yes lots lots i mean if i you know if, if 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 i were to keep it real lots and but honestly it was my fault because see some of us get told no and we take it and we we, we adjust some of us get told no and we don't listen mm. and so it was my fault because i didn't listen after the first no i should have listened but it was after the 20th no that it was like okay maybe i need to make an adjustment yeah so i mean you know you can honestly get told no one time and fix it but the problem is too is a lot of these companies don't even tell you what's wrong with your music they only say yes or no Yep. So it's up to us to kind of seek that professional that can tell us, okay, what am I doing wrong or what am I doing right with my music? Mm-hmm. So, you know, hopefully that answers the question, though. Yeah, indeed. We got one from Russ, too. Russ says, I've been listening and learning and changed the way I structure tunes to be more sync ready. I like to know how much value you place on originality within that structure. So I guess just kind of changing the way you structure music, but like, how do you, how do you keep it you like, like what you would do or, or keep it original? Well, here's my philosophy on that. And I'm, I'm sure LR, you know, got something with, on this too, because we actually have a group where we work with them every week. Mm-hmm. And one thing that we say is we want you to be original. Like, like you being original is what makes your music, your music. So when we say TV format or TV structure, you don't have to change what you do. In fact, TV companies want you to do what you do because that's what they love about placing music, yep. you know? So keeping it original is kind of like, you know, that that's like, that's a given. That's what you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, as far as, you know, I wouldn't really, and this is me personally, like a lot of producers talk about using samples. 
There's nothing wrong with using samples and royalty-free loops, but if you don't know how to disguise them where they're not used or sound like they're used by every other producer, mm-hmm. it stops you from getting a placement and it gets everybody in trouble. So as far as being original, I mean, that you know, you should be being original. That's what we asked for. You know, that's something that has to happen. Yeah. Yeah. And I um, what I would say to that is um, definitely want to stand out. Um, but don't overthink it because sometimes we tend to overthink things and we're like, oh, I got to be so so original. But you got to understand what's getting placed and what you know music supervisors and companies are looking for. And um, like I like to like what I like to do, whatever's top ten, I, I you know I listen to, I, I practice. But I I have something that makes me stand out, and everybody knows. That's with my brass. So I um whatever whatever every track I do, I always put brass in it just to stand out, just to have like a signature sound. And not saying now I'm the only person that uses brass, but I don't know if we froze. Okay. Yeah, but but that's something I, that for me to stand out and be, you know, oh that's an LR track because I, I the, the brass. So find something that makes you stand out, but you know, you don't have to over overthink it. And that's the main thing I want to say. Don't overthink the originality. Yeah, I agree, man. Um, <clears throat> over, like I feel like producers sit down, and if you tell, like I've even with artists, and you tell them this is for TV, immediately just go straight to overthinking. They just like wait, like no, it's like yo, I shouldn't even told you that. Like just do you. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. But well, just. Just follow this structure, you know. You don't need to. You don't need to do this. Just do this, um, and, and just yeah, man. Just be you. Be original, um, and you know, just make sure you're giving you're giving supervisors those ed- those edits, those stingers. Um, you know, make sure it's building gradually. You know, throughout the track, so it's not just loopy and repetitive. Um, so all of that stuff, man. Um, shout out to Joshua. Joshua Bonnet. I've been pronouncing my guy's name wrong for like four weeks straight. My bad, man. I've been saying Bonnet. <laughs> Yo, so we got we got another question from uh from Taria. She says, What are some of the things you noticed you were doing wrong with your music, especially since you were an accomplished producer already? Um Well, I mean, one thing that I noticed that I was doing wrong before is my drums were so thin and you know i used to only hear them in my earphones so now here's another thing i grew up on r&b music so no matter what genre i was making r&b always leaked into that music some kind of way so i couldn't escape up on i was so programmed music wise it was hard to make current music so that was one thing that i noticed that i had to adjust quickly you know yeah it was it was the same for me too my my drums my drums was the weak point because i could play keys you know that was that's my main instrument but the drums like it i know one of my producer mentors he he like loaded me up with like gigs of drum sounds he was like bro like you gotta layer these joints or do something because you know they needed work so for years man like i just worked on getting getting my drums better man and, and getting that learning how to mix them properly and all that stuff um and then for me was i like i liked a lot of neo soul um gospel r&b stuff and 
it was kind of the same for me. It was always in my music, and I I wasn't following the trends, right? And a lot of times you find in TV and film, they want what sounds like what's on the charts, what's on top 20 and, and billboard charts and all that stuff. So, you know, just kind of finding that balance between what you what you like to do, your sound, and what's needed because at the end of the day, like we're serving clients, you know what I mean? So we gotta we gotta give them what they need too. Yeah. And that's um I would say for me, uh just being current, uh a lot of my music coming up, it would sound like five years old, you know what I'm saying, from whenever the time was. So for me I had to just make sure to study a lot of what it's what's new, what was new at the time at least. And um the current, the current, because, you know, my music sounded outdated, you know, for a while, you know, so that and mixing, you know, mixing out, you know, that was one thing I, I'm still learning how to do now, but yeah. that was one thing that really hindered me because, you know, sound quality is very important. And if you have poor mixes, as we all know, you know, companies can't use that. So I would say being outdated and my mixing kind of, you know, was something I used to struggle with. Yeah. Definitely. We got one from John Wyatt. What's good, John? He says, did you or do you have a schedule for creating tunes? How many a day, a week? Do you do you have a schedule for certain genres you create? Uh, what, what do you get? What do you guys take on that? Um, I don't have like a schedule. I mean, you know, like back in the day, like here's one thing a lot of producers, I, I feel like a lot of producers don't understand, like. When I grew up making music, I was doing nothing else. Hmm. I nothing else. Like, I was locked in a room from morning to night. So it was just something that, I mean, I had to get better. Like, that was the thing. Like, I had to get better. So I wasn't on, like, a particular schedule. And I, I, I didn't make, like, a, I used to make a certain amount of music, but I noticed that, you know, if you make 10 tracks in a day, it was only for bragging rights, but only two of them was really good, right. you know? So it's like now I focus now on just creating one quality, great track, no matter how long it takes. And, and I don't try to make 20, 30 different beats because that one quality track can take you further than those 10 maybe good tracks, you know, could ever will. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't have like a schedule or anything. I just go as I'm inspired. Yeah. That's dope. What about you? Yeah. Oh, uh, so when I first got my first contract, um, I want to say I was making a track every day. No lie. Like, okay, five out of seven days, I was making a track every single day. Um, I, As soon as I would get home from work, I would just make my track, send it off to the, uh, send it off to the company. So I would get in a, a routine of doing that for like for a good two years straight. So now I'm at the point where I don't really even make music anymore like that. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I do sometimes, but I don't. I haven't made a beat from scratch in about two, three months. Mm -hmm. But I'm still getting placements from all the old work that I put in for the past two, three years, yep. which which kind of catapulted me to where I'm at right now with all the new placements I'm getting each and every day. You know, yep. so. When I first started, every day I was making the track, but now, like I said, I, like Kev said, um, as I'm inspired, I, you know, I will go about making the track now. Yeah, I, that's the dope thing I love about music licensing, man. Is like, 
you can put in you can put in work you know for those first couple years first few years and it like it doesn't really get old because like same here man like old stuff dude that i did when i first got started is getting placed on new seasons of shows and it just it just starts to add up man to where it's just like it, it doesn't stop like once you start like it literally unless i feel like you would have to stop for like a few years for stuff to and probably even longer than that for stuff to just trickle down and just you not see anything um but yeah i think for me like i i don't have like a set number of tracks set for like like per week it's more so just you know work depending on what briefs i have um and what's kind of a priority and i just try and knock out again it's about quality like you know it's not I'm not necessarily trying to knock out as many as possible, but I'm just trying to knock out, you know, the highest quality, you know, possible tracks because, you know, they could they could get used over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Now, also, one thing that a lot of producers need to pick up, too, is it depends on where you are. Like if you're starting off in the mm-hmm. TV field, I would say pump them out as much as you can, like pump them out as much because we're all three in the point now. Like I haven't made music for TV I don't even know the last time and mm-hmm. it's still royalty still come and it's all of that old music that we all did years ago so when you're starting pump that music out That's so you can point. get to the point where if you don't feel like doing it or not even necessarily feel like doing it or you may not have time to do it you can still have that music working for you yeah. that's the benefit of this yeah. you have music that's working for you instead of you going out to try to pay this bill and you know you gotta you gotta sell this beat to pay this bill like you know your music is working for you after a point yeah no that's that's a that's a really good point um because yeah starting out you gotta you gotta get that momentum going for sure um we got big tizzle production says what tips or suggestions do you guys have for those of us who can't really play keys um what would you yeah especially with the whole you know the loop the loops issue like what what would y'all say like i youtube man i would learn some chords man that's that's how i learned how to play i I, Mm -hmm. right you know i was just watching youtube videos you know watching them call out the chords and then i would just practice the same set of chords until until it was just ingrained and you know and then move on to another set and then it's every time i would learn a progression or something i would go back make a beat with that progression in it and that's how i kind of retain things Mm -hmm. i would say the same thing you know i mean if you can't play the keys first of all understand that it's okay to not be able to play the keys Mm -hmm. that's okay you can still make great music not knowing how to play the keys but i would just like clint said start with one chord start with one chord like literally one chord three fingers and and make as many beats as you can with that chord and then what i would say is the three fingers that you have on that chord take each finger very next note now that's a second chord once you and then master that chord and then take those three same three fingers go to the next note on all three fingers now that's three (laughs) chords so it's gonna take time like it's something that doesn't just happen overnight like it's years of me playing the keys to really master playing keys so you just got to start from mastering one chord at a time yeah that's a fact yeah um i would definitely say youtube because that's you know that's how i learned pretty much and then you know of course playing in church and, and whatnot but youtube is definitely your best friend when it comes to 
piano chords because you can literally type in any song nine times out of ten the song is there it's broken down and um you can you know just pick up from there or you can you know get a book like i got a book right here which is a uh, piano chords right next to me so anytime you know i'm inspired to look at some new chords or something like that like i'll study it and i'll learn that way so reading again a book or youtube and youtube you know is everybody got piano tutorials and ways to play on youtube so yeah. definitely youtube bro yeah indeed we got uh we got one from zao bags backpack uh do i need to be registered with the pro if i plan on using something like distro kid um used to belong to csac as a writer and publisher but not anymore thanks if you're a producer and you've been pitching your music for TV and film and the music libraries and supervisors just keep telling you no, but you know your production is fire, it's probably because your structure is off. The structure is everything and it gives the editors everything they need to be able to place your music and give them the flexibility to place it where they want to place it and how they want to place it. So I've created the How to Structure Instrumentals for TV and Film video course where you're going to learn how to structure music for higher TV placement potential, how to produce music with effective standards slash button endings and how to produce engaging music that builds and keeps the listener interested you don't have to reinvent the wheel just use a structure that already works i'll show you how to do it go to clintproductions.com slash shop again that's clintproductions.com slash shop to get the how to structure instrumentals for tv and film and use the discount code podcast 20 so you can take 20 percent off that joint again it's clintproductions.com slash shop grab that course and let it help you today um yeah you yeah you still need a, a pro because distro kid that's only like your distribution um you know like your streaming streaming royalties and sales from digital downloads and stuff like that but if you you know you still have to have a pro to collect your royalties especially if you're working in the, the tv space um so definitely make sure you get that back in back in order <clears throat> I I honestly would uh, would say like regardless of any situation you should have your pro, yeah. like regardless because I mean eventually you're going to run into a situation where you're going to need that part of of your business taken care of. So I would say no matter what you're doing, just go ahead and get you a writer's and and a, and a publisher's account because you just never know, you know and. You wouldn't want to get to a situation and they ask you, well, what's your PRO? Yeah, and then you say, well, give me three days. To... No, nah, you don't want to do that. Yeah, you don't want to. Yeah, so I just sucks. say, get it no matter what. No matter what. Yeah. Especially, yeah. Like, if you're trying to do, you're doing music, like, seriously, you're going to need it at some point. Um, and that's on, that's on both sides of the industry. Um, my guy Cutlu says quality over quantity. Indeed, uh, brother Brody says, "What are these sites that I need to find for TV movie submissions?" Man, it's a uh, it's a lot of them, man. Like, what? Okay, when you okay, this is a good question. When you guys started out, how did you start finding companies that want you know, your music to place for TV and film? Did you guys start with Google? Did you guys start with you know some of the, the third-party services that are out there? How did y'all get started in, in finding companies like that? I would say, you know, I started off on Google, you know, because that was all I knew. I mean, I started off on Google. Then I started buying um, television industry guides. I started mm -hmm. buying those 
And, you know, they, I mean, they come with thousands of companies in there. Then I started to, you know, just cold email and cold connect with people on LinkedIn. And, you know, just eventually you just start to pick it up. But I mean, all of those things pretty much, I wouldn't say none of them don't work. All of them work. You know, it's just a matter of you finding the company that places the music you make. I mean, you know, but I mean, all of the methods work as far as finding company. Yeah, that's um, I'm the same way. Like I did Google. Um, I brought a couple music directories where people actually have the companies listed out for you, you know, a little investment or whatnot. And um, another thing I, I still do to this day, like I'll watch the end of the, uh, the credits on TV shows yep. and now I'm noticing that they're showing music libraries, you know, on, as, as, instead of the music supervisor, they'll sh- just show like the music library. So that's something, you know, that, that works too, because I just learned about three, four new music libraries that way, yeah. you know, so watching the end, end credits is something that, you know, is something that can help you as well. Yeah, I like that one because that, you know, after watching the show, you already know what kind of music they use. So then when you, you reach out to them, it's a no brainer. You know what I mean? You know, you're not pitching blindly. You know what I mean? So that's a, that's a good one. Um, uh, let me see. We got one rice and green says, I was looking at your free six step guy. The first step to registering with the pro I'm already a member of BMI for my first album. Is it best to apply for licensing through them or someone else? So BMI, BMI just collects, the performance royalty they don't like pitch your music for tv and film um they're just there to, to collect those royalties so you still have to reach out to music libraries music licensing companies um music publishers who specialize in pitching for tv and film to actually get a licensing deal and then that's when you know that's when you can start working with them to actually get get stuff synced uh, good question i think a lot of people get confused about that too Mm-hmm. Um, Kay Gray wanted to know how did you guys get your first sync placement? So this would be fun. First sync placement stories. Man, first placement. Mm-hmm. Honestly, yeah, my my first placement, my first placement came from a company that I was working with uh, called DL Music. Okay, and they uh, the first placement. I mean, you know music and it literally sat on their hard drive for a little bit because you know i didn't you know they wanted to kind of fill me out i I think a lot of these companies want to fill you out and see how consistent you are first Mm -hmm. because you know you start sending music and then i thought i would just immediately get placements but that first placement really hit home when i was sitting at home and heard my music on tv around my family Mm -hmm. that's when it really really I really went hard after that, you know, because yeah. it was like, okay, it's really possible. Like, I remember saying I would hear my music on TV, and now my family is here, and I can go in the studio and play the same track that we're listening to now on television. So, yeah. um, but I got mine through a company called DL Music. I submitted, waited for, you know, a couple of months, and it, that first one came through, and it, it never stopped. That's what's up. You remember what, uh, what show or network or anything? Um... First show, I don't even remember what show because it's been on so many different shows. I want to say Access Hollywood. Okay, that's dope. I want to say Access Hollywood was like the very first placement, and it was for 
music that I didn't even know I knew how to create. So that that's wow. another story. But you Man. know, but Access Hollywood was my very first. Okay, what about you, Lr? Yeah. Uh, so the very first time I heard my music on TV, it's it's a funny story because me and uh, my wife we just uh, we're watching Marriage Bootcamp. Uh, hip hop edition. So this is uh, this is the season where they have Soldier Boy, Waka Flocka, you know. So it was kind of popular, you know, in, in that in that area at that time. Right. Now we're just watching it just to watch it. Like I had no idea, you know, my music was going to be on TV. But up to that point, like I said previously, I was submitting music every day, for, you know, for a good year, two years. So, you know, in the back of your mind, there's always a possibility, you know, that, you know, you might hear your music or whatnot, mm. but that we was just watching it just to watch it. Uh, and then, yeah, I, it, it started playing and I'm like, wait, hold up. That's, and I'm like, oh, that's me. And I'm telling my wife, like, yo, that, that's my beat. You know, I start screaming. She's like, what's wrong? I'm like, yo, you don't hear that? That's, that's my beat. That's my music being played. Yeah. So she, now she's happy. Then she starts calling her fame, like, yeah, he, he finally did it. Because I've been telling her, like, yo, I'm doing his music licensing. I'm going to get my music on TV. Right. And she, she's she's believing in me. She's But, you know, time is going by. They you know? want to see so, it. <laughs> yeah, it's, exactly. they like, what's going on? Yeah. So when I first got that first placement, we watched it, we watched it together. Had no idea. And ever since then, I, you know, I've been going hard. Like Kevin said, once we hear that first one, that's now it. I'm gonna go extra hard. You know, so that's kind of how oh, that yeah. happened for me. That's a feeling I would never forget. Yeah, you don't, man. Like, it, there's nothing like hearing that, and you know when it's yours too. Like, I don't care yeah. how many beats you make, man. Like, you know when that's your beat playing um, in the background. So that that's super dope, man. Um, let me see. What about you, Clint? Man, so my first one. Um, it was, it was Thursday night football, um, NFL network. I did, I found out like that the Friday after through the, the publisher that I, I had sent it to, um, it was an instrumental of a song. I did like a full song called I'm taking over and they used the instrumental for like multiple, you know, highlight segments and things like that. Um, but I like, I, so the publisher had a website, right. And then anytime somebody would get a, a placement, they would update their website. So I was, I was doing a lot of work for them. So like, I was checking that joint like every day, like, let me see if I got a placement. So <laughs> I was getting ready for the yep. gym and, um, I checked it like before I left. And then I seen like my picture scroll across and then it had like the title of the joint, um, and then yeah and then after that like you know i had looked it up and um yeah dude like i was i was geeked man i the first time i i actually heard like heard my music while watching tv was um uh was a keeping keeping up with the kardashians placement um so mm -hmm. that that was when i actually experienced like watching it live I was just like oh like yo that's that's my joint and they um they played a decent chunk of it too so that was exciting but yeah, yeah after the first one after nfl network they used that same track on fox sports um and then that ended up being a a bigger check because it was um you know it, it was aired on fox so um it was a major mm -hmm. network but yeah man and then that was it i was like if i can do this and this is just one like now it's time to lock in and um yeah i, I haven't looked back since Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Uh, 
Lance Walker says, should you send over already mastered music for submissions or should it just be a good mix only? Um, now, I get this question all the time. I mean, honestly, every placement that I've had, surprise, I have never mastered one beat. Mm-hmm. Never. I've never mastered. So a good mix will get you placed, but I'm not against getting your music mastered. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I would say um, if you can, you know, it's always best to have your best foot forward if you can. But don't stress it if you can't. Just like a good mix can get you placed because I'm the same way. Like half my tracks are not mastered. Some are. Um, but if you can do it, if you can't, don't don't let that be the reason why you won't submit or, you know, let the, try to hold you back. Yep. Yeah, man. I say like at least at least submit it and they'll let you know like if it's if they don't if they don't want to use it and then you'll know at that point okay maybe i have to step step some things up as far as my mixing and mastering is concerned but yeah it's it's one of those things man where you you want to put your best foot forward but then at the same time like literally they're going to turn the music all the way down because people talking over it anyway um so you know they may not be super super critical about it um let me see we got one from alvin alexander concerning using virtual instruments such as finale composer software though original composing using those instruments is that acceptable for sync licensing hopefully that makes sense um i mean if if you're creating if you're creating the music um no matter which which software you're using you should be good even if even if you're using like you know like a like Omnisphere or something like if you're playing the the chords the melodies you're creating that stuff, um, you're good to go. Hopefully that answers answers this question. If not, just you know clarify it in the in the chat. Um, Big Tizzle says, do they let you know when and what your music will be on so you can hear it? <laughs> that's that's <No>. always fun. <laughs> yeah, like no. no. <laughs> Not never all. like there's <laughs> never I, i'll get like i know tunesat tunesat t-u-n-e-s-a-t dot com that's probably like your best chance at finding out as soon as possible outside of that you're waiting and you won't see it until you get the royalty check from it yeah tunesat, now, one, tunesat one thing is clutch I, yeah what'd you say kev we, we love tunesat one, one thing that i like to say is I noticed that when I was so focused on where, where's my music getting placed? Is it getting placed? Where's that? How much money am I make? How much, you know, where it never happened like that. Like when I literally locked in and focused on the music, it just started happening. Yeah. So I would say as hard as it may seem, if you stay locked in on the music, those placements start coming. But when you try to focus and look and refresh and, and email and and just start doing all that it 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 never works that way it just never works you know yeah and then then it's a numbers game too so people i've spoken to people they they saying one or two tracks and then they're like yo where's where's the placement at and i'm like you know one or two (laughs) tracks won't really get it done you got to keep going and going so when, if you keep submitting, you won't even, like Kev said, you won't even have time to think about, yo, is it getting placed or who, who's using it or what? And they'll just start coming in like a avalanche. So 
I would say not to worry about that. Just continue to create the music and continue to send it out. And then time will come where you start seeing the royalty checks and you're going to be like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, man, you'll drive yeah. yourself nuts worrying about, that, <laughs> worrying about that stuff. Oh, my God. And then I see man. one thing I see a lot of producers do, too, is like LR was saying, you know, they'll submit the one and two, two tracks, and then they'll stop and wait until to see to see if those two tracks work but then that whole time like by the time you actually see that okay say one of the tracks did get a placement and then you finally get the royalty check now you're starting all the way over again because you haven't done anything that whole time you were waiting Mm -hmm. to see if those one or two tracks got placed you could have had 20 30 50 tracks in rotation you know um sometimes they'll uh, editors, man, if they send your stuff like in a batch, they'll pull like multiple tracks in one episode. So yeah, man, the, the more tracks you have, you know, the the more the better chance you have of, of something getting placed. Tracks. Uh, uh, let me see. I'm gonna take a. I'm gonna take like I'll take like one, two, two more questions. I won't hold you guys. I know you guys are busy. Cool guy. Ninety one says. Is it better for a producer to focus on rappers or focus more on sync licensing placements? Ooh, I love that question. Yeah. I love that. Now, I love that question. I mean, you know, honestly, years ago, I would have probably said both. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, in some cases, you, you can do both. In, in fact, you can really do both. Yeah. You know, now... In, in my opinion, though, once you start to get placed and you start to taste that first place placement blood, you want to go towards that direction. Now, I mean, that's not saying if you have a passionate rapper that, that that's dope, that, you know, that you love working with, you can't work with him. What I would do is merge both together, have that rapper make songs for TV. Boom. And in that way, you still doing both. You know, yep. I mean, in my opinion, that's what I would do. Yeah. Yep. Same here. Like. Yo, like, like, talk to the rapper. Yo, I, I'm doing music for sync licensing. Let's knock out, let's knock out some stuff that we know will get placed. And now y'all, you know, y'all build that relationship because songs, songs are needed just as much as instrumental music is needed. Um, so it's honestly, it's a win-win because then the rapper he gets to help build his brand because he's getting his music placed on shows and networks and things like that, commercials um so yeah you i i don't think like you can't lose with that with that situation Facts. yeah man um let me see t to Taria says since you are established do you go through music library companies or do you work independently and depend on previously built relationships what is the site tune set oh i'll type i'll type the site in the chat so y'all can uh, see how to spell it um so yeah, so yeah, what what do you guys take on that? Oh, you can't hear you. You're muted, Kev. Oh wait, okay. Oh man, he bounced. You <laughs> bounced. I mean, I I I I'll, 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 I'll take a stab at that question. Okay. So what what I um what we like to do well, what I like to do I like to uh do both. Mm-hmm. Uh. I still use the uh, music libraries. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead, Kev. Okay, okay, yeah. Um, as far as my own submissions at this point, I mean, honestly, me and you know, LR have a team now, 
We call it, you know, we actually have our own music library, you know, so we call it KBLR music. And we have a team now where we don't even use or well, I don't even submit music for television. LR really don't submit. We focus now on helping other producers get their music placed. And we've established new and old contacts. So, mm-hmm. you know, at, at this stage, we're not even really, well, I'm not really submitting music actively for TV film. Hopefully that answered the question. Yeah. Yeah, because, I, I mean, there's so, like, after after working in any type of industry for so long, like you start to learn there's different areas and, and lanes that you can kind of go down to where you're not necessarily doing the same thing. Like you're working in the same industry, but you may be doing something there. It's no different than, you know, an artist, a producer, a songwriter becoming a, an A&R or a manager or a, a, a label exec. You know what I mean? Like, you know, you just you shift and you kind of do um, different things. And then really, man, like. Producers, learning how to properly mix your beats can be frustrating and seem overly complicated. On top of that, you're missing out on an additional stream of income by not knowing how to mix for other artists and producers. Luckily for you, I created my Urban Mix in May simple video course where I show you how to balance 808s and kicks, how to create balance and spaces in your mix, how to properly balance volume, how to create clarity using EQ and panning techniques, and how to create drum mixes that punch through your mix. Plus, I'm going to give you a free frequency range guide, a look into my simple and effective mastering chain, as well as the downloadable stems to mix on your own as you go through the course. I'm also going to throw in an exclusive discount code for Waves plugins and bundles. So go ahead, go to clintproductions.com shop. That's clintproductions.com shop. So you can grab that Urban Mix and Made Simple course. Be sure to use the discount code podcast20 to take 20% off today. Again, go to clintproductions.com slash shop and grab that Urban Mix and May simple course today. After getting so many placements, man, it just it becomes about giving back more. And you realize just how much um, how many people still don't know about, you know, different things, getting TV placements and things like that. So, you know, you kind of feel that that urge to just give back that information. Um, and I feel like you guys you guys do a great job at that. Um in fact, man, like before I even got started, I remember, I think I came across a a, a, a big homie Kev interview with um, uh, man, with Postman or something on YouTube, mm-hmm. and that's what kind of um, kind of triggered the thought. Like, man, I, like that sounds that sounds pretty dope, especially hearing it from a producer who's who's had like major placements and credits and things like that. Um, so it was, it was just intriguing, man. So thank you for that, man. Cause that, that was a huge inspiration as well. Just coming up, man, as a, a young producer. Um, man, man, welcome, so, bro. yeah. So man, like what, what do you guys have going on? So you guys mentioned you're helping producers now, like how can producers get linked up with that? Like, or is that something you're offering producers now? Like, what are you guys working on? Tell them, tell them about that. That sounds dope. Yeah, so uh, we have a, a group uh, called Placement Profits where we meet with them every week um, and, you know, they submit their music and we critique their music and, you know, we kind of show them what to do, how to do it. You know, we kind of give them the ins and outs of the sync licensing game and, you know, we pretty much give them all the information me and Kevin know combined together and we share it with them and now we're helping them get placed, as we said, um. We've gotten their music placed on ESPN shows, First Take, 
um, some PGA golf stuff. Um, but it's you know from the from how we was teaching them and how we are teaching them. You know, they take the the format that you know we're teaching them and they go out. You know, structure it and then you know they go submit and then we go get placements. Um, yeah. we got we got we got some beasts, man. We got a couple beasts in the group. That's um that's really you know taking heed to what we're teaching, applying to what we're teaching, and um just going hard. You know, now for for other producers to to con to get with us, we do have a submission process that we go through. Um, if your music is ready, you know you know we, we of course just like any other music library, you know we'll you know go about it that way. But um, I'll Kev, do you want to tell them a email submission process or? How do you want to do that? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fine. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. So, so uh, any any producers that want to you know submit music to KBLR Music, uh, the email is kblrsubmissions at gmail .com. Um, and if your music is ready, we and if somebody from the team likes what they hear, you know we can go ahead and get you a contract. Um, if it's not ready, uh, you know of course you know it'll be a no. Or, you know. This, this is just how the game is. Yeah. But, uh, you know, but yeah, we all working though. We're working. Yeah. That's what's up. Mm -hmm. I see it, man. So how many, like how many tracks should they submit? Cause hey, like, I know people like, well, they'll, they'll load y'all up with, with a, a whole 10 albums. <laughs> so yeah. is, it, is it a certain number y'all want? Is it just one or like what, what, how should they submit? I think three, three is fine. Just to okay. see where, you know, we could by three we can kind of gauge what you you know what you're good at what your strengths are yeah um, so it's just three three tracks uh and yeah give us some time too please give us some time yeah. Yeah. i know you know people want instant gratification right now mm -hmm. give it give right. us some time because we do have a lot going on you know so do give us some time and um yeah three tracks is good Bet, bet. Mm -hmm. That's what's up, man. Well, y'all heard it. Submit your three tracks to KBLR submissions um, so you can be a part of that community and be a part of, um, you know, work with work with people who are doing it, man. Um, that's that. I feel like that's the fastest path to success is sitting up underneath someone who's doing what you want to do and can, you know, help you avoid those pitfalls, man. So shout out to you guys for doing that. And um, man, I won't hold y'all. Appreciate y'all coming through. Um, where can they find y'all? Is it like Instagram, website? Like, where's the best place for people to to link up with y'all and follow y'all for uh, for more information on, on what y'all got going on, man? Um, you can follow me on Instagram at Big Homie Kev One. Um, you know, LR. Yeah, you can follow me on Instagram LRBeats89. Instagram, uh, always there. LinkedIn. If you on LinkedIn or Lawrence Ricks on LinkedIn, uh, and yeah, that's where I'm at most of the time. Dope, dope. That's what's up, man. Well, thanks again, guys. Y'all have a great rest of the week. Keep killing it. Keep crushing it. And uh, man, we'll be in touch soon. Salute. You too, man. All right. Peace. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Music Is My Business podcast. If you haven't already subscribed, be sure to do so now so you can know every time I drop a new episode. If you found the information helpful, please be sure to rate and review the podcast so we can get this dope info out to more music entrepreneurs like you. I would greatly appreciate it. 
Also, if you want to learn more about how to get your music placed in TV and film, visit ClintProductions.com today to download my free six-step guide to TV placements. These are the steps I took to land my first 10 TV placements in a little over a year. Thanks again for listening, and I'll catch you on the next one.